Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your uh, top of the morning to you co-host here this week, Noel Wood, a.k.a. Crapshoot. And I am the Cobra Trooper that accidentally misplaced your blueprints with <laughs> just 42 lined paper. Codename Legion Cub. <laughs> oh, you guys get better every time. I'm so jealous. Uh, so we've got a lot of news to cover. And one of the things I love about this show is that each month the episode's going to be whatever it needs to be. Uh, so we're just going to find out what we get to. But lots of news, lots of things to talk about in our show open here. And we'll start with the fact that the Paramount Plus streaming network announced that gi joe will be on that network after i'm sorry gi joe snake eyes uh will be available after its theatrical run uh which does raise the question of are we going to see other gi joe you know i would imagine the movies are probably going to make it on there but will we see the cartoon will we see well the other iterations of the cartoon the deke stuff the renegades uh you know will they just unload everything on there and why wouldn't they well, they did actually just announce that Renegades, I believe, has joined the YouTube official YouTube channel. channel. Yep. Oh, very nice. And unfortunately, <laughs> so, Hasbro has realized they can monetize those those streaming uh, feeds because I, I always <laughs> I always throw the you know they have the twenty four seven stream of GI Joe mm-hmm. cartoons, which is mostly the miniseries. But anyway, I always have that on, and I've noticed they go to commercials now every once in a while. Pretty they go to commercials in the middle of a scene, and it yeah. doesn't pause the pause it, so you lose like fifteen seconds worth of show each time. Yeah, which is very good. annoying. If you watch it on a device where you can actually put ad block on it, it works. Um, but if you're watching it, like if I, I watch it on my TV a lot and you just have to suffer through those 15 second commercials. But, but those of us who are clever enough have our trusty physical media, which, yes. okay. Another thing that I wanted to bring up. So I've got the foot locker that shout factory put out however many years ago, it's probably been 80 years now, uh, with the entire series or the entire Sunbow series. But I also have the prior releases where they did the season one, part one, season two, part one uh, in the separate digipack type releases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed something because I, I, I watched, I found my old stash of G.I. Joe DVDs and I've got a box set that's the first two miniseries and that's all it is. It's one of those double DVD things that opens up and it has the tray in the middle and then and in the back. That has it's a real American hero is how it refers to the first miniseries and then uh, revenge of Cobra. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just throw them in and watch them. Why not? Just to check, check them out. And they've got those crazy old CGI menus with the sky mm-hmm. strikers like flying by. <laughs> and then it goes to the desk with the pistol on it. It's great. So after that, I was like, well, let's just keep going. So I threw in pyramid of darkness, got through that. And then I noticed that the season one episodes have the season two intro, which I don't think is right. Hmm. When you get to the, the first actual regular episodes of the show, it has the intro that has Sergeant slaughter and uh, like the Joes from later in the season but they just like slapped it onto the first season. It's really weird. Hmm. weird. But that's neither here nor there. 
is just an odd thing that I wanted to point out uh, that the media releases have varied over time. Uh, so as far as the streaming goes, it remains to be seen, you know, where everything will end up. But if it does end up on Paramount Plus, you know, I don't know that I'll end up subscribing to that. But it would be nice to have a commercial free option versus YouTube. Yeah. Although Hasbro may well figure out, like, oh, we need to make it so it pauses when it goes to commercial. Who knows? Yeah, that would. That, uh, of course, it's you're not going to be able to do that if you are running a live stream, which is what they're doing essentially. But well, and the YouTube algorithm doesn't really figure out where commercial breaks are for no. where they put their ads, so it could be in the middle of the scene anyway. And I just find that so. Like, even if the scene pauses, it's still so annoying to have someone in the middle of a sentence and then all yeah. of a sudden add. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't think about the fact that these are technically streaming. They're not yeah. normal YouTube videos. Uh, all right, so next thing I've got. Uh, did, well, did, did you guys, I know you, you pointed out a couple of things when we were talking about the notes of what we were going to talk about. Uh, was there anything you wanted to bring up next? There's so much news to get through. Yeah. Let's just dive right in. Yeah, hit our bullets. Okay, well, I wanted to put over... Let's miss the bullets. <laughs> yeah. I like living. Yeah, let's dodge those bullets or... Bullet or points. Red lasers, whatever it may yes, be. Yes, red lasers. Uh, so I wanted to put over real quick Display Joe Figures. Uh, it's a Facebook page, and it's a guy who makes custom stands for G.I. Joe Figures. And these things are gorgeous. I imagine they're 3D printed. I haven't... Uh, I've, I've put in an order, and he's right now backlogged backlogged by about three months uh so he's gonna get back in touch with me when he's got time to to get my order uh but they're just these gorgeous uh 3d printed big big stand or display stands they're not just like battle stands they're backgrounds with the character name that they, they could have the year the series number and it has uh pegs for the figure to stand and then it actually has customized for each figure that he's done these for a place to put the backpack and the accessories next to the figure on this display. And they're gorgeous. They're incredible. Yeah. When you were showing us the pictures, I, when I went to their page. I love that he has a peg for the helmet. Yes. Mm -hmm. To, to sit. So you don't necessarily have to put that on the, the figure's head. Yeah. Basically each separate piece that came in whatever the original uh, sales model was will have a spot on these stands and they're i believe they were like 15 bucks a piece which is you know if you want it for your whole joe collection one it's going to take up a ton of space and and two it's going to get kind of pricey but for something like i want which i i want one for my special mission brazil set uh or not one but you know a set uh, as well as one for the cassette, which he said he's going to make happen. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So if you have a special piece that you want to be kind of the centerpiece of your collection or one figure that you want to really stand out or a set of figures, very, very reasonable. Or if you just have tons and tons of space and want your whole collection to look incredible. Uh, and I've seen pictures now. He's posted pictures of people who've put lighting elements in them and stuff. I mean, all all kinds of crazy customization options for these things. Lots of different colors available. You can get painted or unpainted. Just really, really cool stuff. Go to Display Joe Figures uh, on Facebook and check out the pictures. This stuff looks awesome. Were there any, when, when I sent you guys the link, uh, were there any figures that you were kind of like, ooh, I'd kind of like to put 
so and so on one of these. I've seen these like I've I've seen them for a while um, on various Facebook groups that I'm in, um, and there's a few that I'm just like kind of the marquee figures, especially yeah. ones that I might have more than one of, and maybe I want to put one on a separate display. So maybe a Cobra Commander um, or a Serpentor, or somebody who like looks like well, Serpentor came with a vehicle, so I guess maybe not him. He's made one for Serpentor. Ah. he's actually got one where the base goes out in this sort of triangle shape in the front and the chariot mounts like to the front and a little bit to the left of the figure. Ah. Uh, it looks fantastic. Cool. I mean, the, the, the creativity and engineering that has gone into his designs for these is just mind boggling. I was also kind of thinking about it for that mail away lifeline that I got. Yeah. That that's one that would be kind of a like oh this is a special guy I'd like to have off to the side. Yeah, maybe if you got like a steel brigade, I, I've got a I've got a star duster, so that might be a cool one because it doesn't yeah, really fit yeah. with all my other ones. Uh, all right, so little update on special missions Cobra Island. Speaking of special missions, uh, you can go to the Needless Things podcast YouTube channel, and I've got reviews up for Firefly and a Cobra Viper. Uh, I only have the viper because good friend of the show steve found one for me and sent it to me i've never seen them in stores uh at all and and none of my other sources that that come through with with finds in like way out there targets i guess is what it usually ends up being nobody else has has come through so i have one viper one firefly which i'd managed to get through the pre-order so that's that's shocking in and of itself wow uh, but yeah, seen none in stores at all. What about you guys? Nope. No, no, I don't, don't go to target very often when I do it's threadbare every time. I think I've seen one of the, one of the, the secondary roadblocks. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much all I've ever seen at a target. Um, but I will say, uh, as I pointed out earlier today, um, not the Cobra Island figures, but Amazon is doing pre-orders right now of the Wave 3 regular assortment figures so you can get a Zartan uh, or a Cobra Trooper um, and go ahead and put a pre-order in. And apparently they've got, as you were mentioning, Big Bang Toy Store has cases and cases of them. Uh, so those should be pretty well accessible for people coming soon, which is great news. That's good, especially for the Cobra Trooper. Yeah. Yeah, Big Bad Toy Store, which is my personal favorite uh, toy retailer, and Entertainment Earth, both, I believe, had access to full cases of that Cobra infantry figure. Uh, and then Zartan was plentiful to order as well. So this this wave, which I guess <clears throat> this is these two figures are a wave. I still don't understand how Hasbro is handling <laughs> this, but whatever the case may be, you should be able to get your hands on these guys. And as far as the Cobra infantry, as many as you want. And let Fresh. me just tell you, if you are a troop building fan, uh, this Cobra infantry figure is fantastic. Uh, and you can also see reviews for it and Zartan on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, personally, I prefer Ding. this mainline release to the Cobra Island release. Even though it doesn't have as many accessories, I, I, the paint job to me is much nicer. I, I, I like it more. Yeah, when I saw your comparisons, I definitely like this version better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, you guys want to tell us about from Diamond Select Toys uh, an announcement of Mini Mates? Go for it, Noel. Oh no, I just I just noted that I that they did announce that Mini Mates uh, line is coming out. 
they announced both Transformers and G.I. Joe Minimates. Um, didn't see any pictures of the G.I. Joe yet or specifically which which characters are going to be in the assortment. But pretty exciting because that's uh, that's uh, an area we have not seen G.I. Joe yet in is the Diamond Select Minimates. And I think it's really cool. I like uh, the the standard buck using uh, optional parts has worked really well in the past. The fact that they were able to do a, a line of battle beasts that to me was acceptable was wild. So the fact that they're going to tackle GI Joe, just it makes sense because you've got a basic human buck and then you add on a sailor hat or a beret or whatever the case may be. I think this is a great idea to get Joe into, you know, more collector hands and more like direct market type things. I, when I saw the announcement, I was very surprised that it had not already happened. When you think of yeah. some of the obscure properties that have had mini mates, um, I was like, oh yeah, this is the first. I think Hasbro has only in the past year gotten comfortable with farming G.I. Joe out. Uh, it, it seems to me that Joe is one of the, it's one of their properties. It's not like Star Wars. It's not like Marvel mm -hmm. where it could end up in somebody else's hands at some point. Uh, you know, it's they could not, lose yeah, and it's one of their properties that they have had now for uh, half a century or right. more. So they so definitely I, want to keep that as, as one of their their marquees and i think they're comfortable expanding it into other formats that they themselves don't have an interest in tackling like the the mini mates the collector figures or like we're seeing with uh just some some different things that are coming up and and we're going to get a little speculative here and i'm going to give you guys and the listeners some homework for next episode but we'll get to that in a minute uh all right let's see oh, oh speaking of gi joe license being farmed out so i see online a gi joe transformers lunchbox and my first question anytime i see a metal lunchbox situation is hold on is this a lunchbox or is this a tin tote <laughs> because i have no interest in tin totes but i'm all about some like old school lunch boxes and this is almost kind of in the middle because it's it's actually larger than the metal lunch box you had when you were a kid but it's not one of those little tiny tin tote things that that were kind of a big deal for a long time uh this is a gamestop exclusive item being produced by funko and it's a uh a large Yes, fine. It's a 10 tote, but it's a big one. Uh, and it has GI Joe graphics on one side and or on, uh, I guess, the front and a side and then Transformers graphics on the back and a side. And these are classic. Uh, the Joe graphics or the awe striker. Um, it's classic 80s stuff. It's not like somebody you know how a lot of times when something gets licensed out like this, they'll pull that image of like the defiant for some reason mm -hmm. or like something from later in the line that doesn't right like oh nostalgia. it's a transformer pretenders uh, like, right right yeah. like why are they using this it's like everything uh everything that gets licensed out for hellraiser is always hellraiser three for some reason like that kind of <laughs> weirdness no this is like 80s joe 80s transformers and there are apparently two different ones and i 
I would imagine there has to be a way, like if you look, if you look at the skew, they have to be different because they have different products inside. Oh, well, uh, I, from what I understand, it's a complete blind box. So you might go really? in and buy that and get the same two Funko Pops. Oh, wow. That you That's, got in the other one. Ugh, for 30 bucks. Although if you're a GameStop, I don't even know what it is anymore because my son goes to GameStop more than I do. So w- whatever their membership thing is now, um, it rang up. I, the total with tax was twenty six forty nine, but the price tag is twenty nine ninety nine. So if you're a member, you get some kind of little discount on it. Uh, so I grabbed one because I, I mainly I wanted the the lunchbox part, but I was curious to see what was going to be inside. And I got Duke and Megatron pops, Funko pops, uh, which we've we've got a little pop collection at home, but it's not something I'm particularly interested in. Uh, for G.I. Joe or Transformers. And then there are four buttons that are little pictures of Funko versions of G.I. Joe and Cobra characters. Well, it's it's uh, the possibilities are Duke and Megatron or Cobra Commander and Optimus Prime. That's what you're going to get. And then uh, pop-wise. But then you also get a G.I. Joe sticker, uh, an Autobots keychain, and then four little buttons, like pin-on buttons of those characters. So I think you get the same tchotchkes and then two different pops. So it's, it's neat. It's for 30 bucks. It was fun to pick up. Uh, the, the lunchbox is really nice. I'm actually going to keep bagged GI Joe like accessories in it and then put it up on the shelf. Cause it looks nice. Uh, but the pops we are going to be giving away. So if you go and follow, and I I totally uh, overlooked this, so this is a great time to go back on it now. Please follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast. Uh, We are going to be doing an Instagram giveaway for the contents of that tin tote that, uh, that I got. So go follow us, Audible Interlude Podcast, and find out how to win free stuff. Yay. Free is always good. Free is great. And especially if these these are apparently exclusive. The Megatron is exclusive to this set. And the difference is rather than the cannon, he's got the ball and chain. Uh, and then the Duke, I don't know what the difference is, but he is also exclusive to this set. So this is by either going and buying this or winning it from Audible Interlude. It's the only way you can get those figures. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got. Okay, this is this is kind of dumb news, but it just it it kind of amused me, so I had to mention it. Uh, G- some some news that popped up last week. GI Joe Ever Vigilant, which I don't think we've discussed on here. <laughs> no, not I had really. to not even be a thing. I had forgotten that it was even a thing that was supposed to happen. Right, but apparently it's still like on the docket for Paramount at some point after Snake Eyes. Uh, but the news headline that I saw from one of those joke sites that puts up ridiculous things like Gary Oldman says, sure, he'd love to play Commissioner Gordon again, that kind of stuff. Uh, Paramount wants Rock to return for G.I. Joe 3. Oh, what a shocking <laughs> development this is. You want the biggest movie star in the world to star in your movie? Wow, what a what a headline. What a revelation. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. Uh, moving on into actual news, uh, and hey, let's get into something good. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's for real news, there's going to be a Lady J TV show this week yes. on Amazon, right? I'm yes, so excited Amazon about Prime. this. So let's uh, do any, either of you have more thorough notes than I have on this. Because my yes. only note was I think Adrian Palecki is awesome. Uh, and I would love to see her return as Lady J, though I doubt that's probably going to happen. Um, so it, um, the production companies behind it, I did some deep dive, you know, besides Paramount. Um, we have the Skydance uh, Media, which if you're not familiar with them, they produce the Jack Ryan uh, show on um amazon prime which if i had to think of a lady j or a military themed show that jack ryan show was amazing um the show's so good that you forget it's the guy from the office exactly (laughs) yeah like how how impressive is that i mean when i when i saw that my faith in this tv series just skyrocketed because those usually aren't the type of shows like I'll watch them with other people, but it's not something that on my own will really hook me in. And that Jack Ryan show actually really hooked me in. Um, I, I was a little amused. Uh, the, one of the other, the other production company of the three uh, is E1 whose well-known properties are, if you have young kids, uh, PJ masks and Peppa pig. So now I totally want a GI Joe Peppa Pig crossover. <laughs> um, hey, that's a way to get the kids hooked on it, right? Exactly. But I, I keep I, I keep thinking, okay, why why would they go with Lady J? And sort of like the description uh, doesn't give much away as far as what they're they're thinking, other than she's solo. And when you look at her original file card, something that has gotten lost about Lady J all these years is she's a a covert agent you know it it says directly in her file card she doesn't mess with the rubber masks and and all that sort of stuff her her dialect she just embodies whoever it is she's trying to become so she could throw a blanket around her and sit in the middle of a street and everybody would just think that she belonged there you know it's it's not the um uh xandar nobody knows i'm here everybody (laughs) ignores me kind of thing but just she is so good which is the literal truth (laughs) right so what i'm hoping for is we're getting a lady j a file card version of lady j meets the chuckles mini series from IEW maybe you know not as Cobra heavy um because I I guess it's all will this tie into the bigger G.I. Joe movie verse will it you know stand on its own yeah supposed to it's supposed to tie into the to the movie verse it it is supposed to to be in the same universe um and I envision this kind of like alias um as kind of an idea of how this show would be formatted uh, that tone would be great because yeah, i was yeah. talking talking speaking of instagram i was talking to somebody on instagram about this and i said you know i don't want it to be too gritty i don't want like the gi joe version of homeland and then i thought about it and i was like wait a minute 
Maybe I gotta do because that show was incredible. <laughs> well, the uh, Eric Olson, the guy who's producing it, he was the head writer for Man in the High Castle, yeah. and was the showrunner for the third season of Daredevil. Yeah, so there's some dark and gritty stuff in his in, in his past, and and a little you know a little more serious than what we're used to from you know I don't I don't want a live action version of the Sumbo cartoon. Well, okay, I do, but I don't you know necessarily need that from this lady j show i want a a little bit of that sci-fi or or suspension of disbelief i guess i should say from the cartoon yes mixed with a heavy dose of reality but at the same time not grim not necessarily like you know dirty and gritty um but I, i yeah at the same time I want G.I. Joe to get so big, so recognized, and so well-known that we get lots of different iterations at once to the point where we can have a G.I. Joe series or or movie or series of shorts or whatever where John C. Riley and Will Ferrell play Tomax and Zamok. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want G.I. Joe to the point where we have so much great G.I. Joe that nobody's mad that that's going into production. I, I'm really hoping that, that this is a case of, of like the DC universe where our movies have been, you know, right, those first right. two Joe movies, I'm not a huge fan of, um, but being able to have a long form storytelling like the old, you know, Larry Hama comic books where you can build on the actual characters so that you care about them. I think that will make a huge difference in connecting with people again for GI Joe. Dude, I'll tell you right now, I'm at a point after what we've seen from Disney plus over the past year, I'm at the point now where I don't care if we get big movies of things I love anymore. Just give me good, like, eight nine ten episode tv shows yeah i'm yeah. good to go i i am yep. much more invested in great stories about great characters than about huge bombastic spectacle and don't well, and i wrong. think studios are more invested now in making great television shows than great movies especially with theaters being right you know, having an uncertain future at this point yes yep. absolutely so yeah we're we're all stoked about the lady J show um, I, I'm very interested to follow this and see. And what's interesting about this to me is I feel like um, studios are really jumping on stuff lately. Like, I can't believe how fast it feels like WandaVision came out. I can't believe Winter Soldiers coming out this month or Falcon and Winter Soldiers coming out this month. Like, I feel like the production... Uh, on TV shows is moving along much faster than what we're used to with big movies. Uh, There's something about making a TV show uh, must be a faster process because you hear about a movie, you know, three, four years out, and then finally you might get it, you know, later on. But with these TV shows, I I feel like they're, they're popping them out now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting to see. Uh, So this is great. Uh, every once in a while on the show here, you know, we are obviously a G.I. Joe podcast. It's right there in the title. Uh, but there will be something G.I. Joe adjacent that I feel like we want to address really quickly. 
Uh, how much have you guys been following along with Eagle Force Returns? Honestly, I am, not really at all. Yeah, I didn't know about it until you put it in our notes. And I was like, wait, that old toy line? Yeah, right? The little yeah. metal and, and, gold and guys? When I did the, the Google and it pulled up their Kickstarter. From I was like, five years this, ago. Yeah, this is so old. <laughs> right. How am I only just now hearing about this? Well, the craziest thing about the whole Eagle Force Returns phenomenon is that uh, at Joe Lanta, local uh, G.I. Joe convention, which is now Toy Lanta. Which I think uh, is actually happening the weekend yes. that we're releasing this. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I will not be there, but... No, I, I won't be attending either. Uh, but Toy Lanta, years ago, was Joe Lanta and the Great Atlanta Toy Convention, and I ran into a good friend of ours and G.I. Joe aficionado, Ricky Zero. And we were talking about just old toy lines and Eagle Force came up. The original Eagle Force toy line, which for the listeners, if you don't know, Google it or go to figurerealm.com and look up Eagle Force. They're little tiny. Um, I'm holding my fingers up because we're an audio podcast and that'll be helpful <laughs> for, every, for everybody. But they're these die cast metal figures that were done by... Oh gosh, is it Migo? I think it was Migo. I think, I think so, yes. Uh, back in the early, early 80s and were kind of competition for G.I. Joe in a way, but they're, they wore these gold uniforms. And when I was a kid, I remember looking at them and thinking these are tiny and boring and I don't want them. But now with my older guy gimmick uh, attuned eyes, I find them appealing and also... There were uh, there was a big pile of these in that GI Joe lot that I inherited uh, last year. So, but anyway, we were talking about Eagle Force five years ago, and then within the next week, this Eagle Force Returns thing popped up, and we were all like, "We were just talking about this. How did this even <laughs> happen?" So I followed along. I almost backed this Kickstarter, but I had just had. Uh, a toy oriented Kickstarter kind of flop on me. So I really wasn't comfortable backing another one at the time. And I, on the one hand, I, I do wish that I had, because there are a few of the figures I'd really like to have these, these uh, to, to get to the point here, Eagle force returns. The figures from the Kickstarter are on the way to the U S they, they exist. They're packaged. They've oh, been wow. produced. They're on their way here. So anybody who backed this Kickstarter years and years ago, you're going to get your stuff. Uh, some people already have uh, the, I think it's called Eagle Island, their base. That was the, Oh, they did set. make that. Some people have it. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm not really impressed by it from, or I'm not really impressed by the pictures that I have seen, mm. but the figures that they've put up, look awesome and these are the same people uh it was a separate kickstarter and there was some at some point the people doing this split apart which was part of why this has taken five years but some of the people responsible for the original eagle force returns kickstarter produced the larry hama action figure that came out last year which i did back because my gosh yes i want a larry hama action figure uh, so I have that, and I haven't opened it. I really wish they had put it in resealable packaging, 
but it looks great. So now I'm really interested in seeing these Eagle Force figures in person, but I wish they had done more of them in the original gold coloring because mm-hmm. they only did uh, Colonel Eagle or General Eagle or whoever the main character is. I am not an Eagle Force aficionado. <laughs> as as the listeners could probably tell you at different points, I'm barely even a G.I. Joe aficionado. <laughs> um, but the the main character, the Eagle guy captain eagle whatever uh they did him in gold and then there was a kickstarter exclusive of one of the other characters in his original gold uniform but that's it but these figures look incredible uh and and i just wanted to kind of give our listeners a heads up to kind of take a look check these things out you can still pre-order them from bigbadtoystore.com so if you see these and you you know just want to get one or two in hand Go check it out because I'm I'm really curious to see them, and I'm glad that this Kickstarter that five years ago I was very interested in and excited about has finally come to fruition. And I hope that you know they meet whatever goals they need to meet to get these things distributed a little more widely because they're I mean you guys looked at them now they look really cool, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're very. Uh, 25th anniversary gi joe style yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean they they could fit right in in that line yeah uh, so i i want to see these things in person and and once i do once i get my hands on them of course you know you're gonna be able to find reviews on the needless things podcast or needless things youtube <laughs> channel Not on the podcast who who reviews toys on a podcast that's <laughs> preposterous uh all right uh real quick i just wanted to mention i bought a maisto uh, motorcycle for my Zartan classified figure, and it is too small. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, he was so, so, so chibi cute. Like I said, he looks like he's a Shriner. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for anybody wondering, the G.I. Joe classified series is slightly larger than actual 112th scale, but the good news is my Mezco 112 collective Punisher figure fits on it perfectly so i'm good to go but i ordered toy hacks stickers uh dreadnought stickers to put on it which i will not now be doing but i'm going to continue to look for a motorcycle that is properly scaled to that zartan because i i really love this classified zartan figure but he's crying out for for a motorcycle or a chameleon but come on hasbro really give us a chameleon even if it's an exclusive that's impossible to get and we'll never have. Just make one so we know it exists. Uh, all right. Uh, Valiverse Weapons Pack. I want to talk about that really quick. Now, how how closely have you guys been following Action Force? No. Eh, no. We, we've talked about Bobby Vala a little bit on the show and his Action Force. And, and again, we'll be talking about that more as the figures start arriving. But... Uh, there was a Valiverse Action Force weapons pack that is the first official Action Force product. Uh, it was put up online on uh, February. Oh, gosh. Why didn't I put dates on here? Anyway, last Thursday, it went up for sale. There were 1,400 units available. I got one of them. They're on the way. No problem at all ordering. Uh, originally, that pre-order was supposed to happen uh tuesday and the the website crashed it wasn't prepared for this type of thing uh so but i got my order in they're on the way i was hoping i'd be able to talk about them on the show today but they have not arrived yet 
that's fine. We'll talk about them next month. But it is a collection. It's 30 pieces, 12 weapons. It's no figures. It's just the weapons. But what's cool about it is they're scaled to go, you know, they will match with G.I. Joe Classified Series. So I can maybe drop some of the goofier weapons like the uh, Cobra Trooper rifles with the gigantic pegs sticking out of them and replace them with something a little bit more realistic. Uh, but I'll be curious to see these. They've got removable uh, cartridges and lots and lots of detail. They look pretty cool. I'm curious to see them in hand. Uh, let's see here. More news. You guys saw the Mezco 112 Collective Destro. I thought you were going to segue there when you mentioned the Mezco 112 Punisher. <laughs> well, I had, to, I had to talk about, we've got to put over Action Force. I, I'm, look, I'm rooting for Action Force to do really well, so I had to get that over. But uh, let's talk about this Destro. What do you guys think? He's got a quite a grin <laughs> on that second head. <laughs> Yeah, I, I said, you know, I am usually never a fan when they use Destro's mask as, as not a mask and it becomes skin. But that right. smiling head, that is just wicked. He looks amazing. Well, I, as... I'm not a fan of the I'm not a fan of the smiling head. I really could do without it. But the other the other head, I think, looks great. Um I think it's a, it's a it's a very striking figure, and he's got that the the big the big pimp daddy uh, cowl um, that looks like a co like a cobra's head. I think it really stands out very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know we haven't talked about it on the show before because we haven't had reason to, but uh, Mezco's one twelve collective action figure line is my favorite toy line of all time. I think they're the best action figures I've ever owned in my entire life, uh, and I've got quite a decent collection of them and i have been hoping that they would never do gi joe <laughs> because i don't need that in my budget <laughs> but now they're doing gi joe this destro and this this is what they do they create sort of hybrid versions of characters now some are very comic book faithful some are very movie faithful but my favorite pieces from Mezco are the ones where they take sort of the best elements of a character and create this hybrid version that incorporates kind of all the coolest elements from the movies, from the comics, from whatever else. Like one of the best Batman figures I own is a, a made up Mezco Batman. It's not from any specific comic or any specific movie but it has a very detailed costume that's blue and gray with a big yellow bat symbol. Like they, that's what they do. That's their thing. And that's what they've done with this Destro. And they've given us a classic mask head where you can see the seams and the rivets and it's a mm -hmm. mask, but also a classic animated head with the big grin. And there's the potential there, you know, we only saw these couple of action shots of this figure. There may be another head. We don't know the full array of accessories that he's going to come with. I guarantee there will be more. And where this line really gets me is it's true 112th scale. And 
for instance, uh, Two-Face that they released that recently came out came with a suitcase that opens up and you press a button and the bomb in it lights up and the timer flashes. Oh, cool. In this little tiny one twelfth <laughs> scale thing. These are the kinds of things that they do. Uh, the Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman that just came out comes with this base that's the Fortress of Solitude, the console where he puts the crystals in, and you take the green crystal, you put it in the console, and the whole thing lights up. And it's not like a button. I don't even know how it works. It's magic <laughs> because you put other things in the little slot, and it doesn't light up. And it's not like you're pressing it in. You just lightly set it in there, and it lights up. It's, it, dude, it's insane. So Mezco is releasing some of the most posable uh interesting technologically advanced toys of my lifetime and now they're doing gi joe and the good news for collectors is they typically do one or two figures from a franchise per year so it's not like you're going to be spending 80 90 100 on a gi joe figure every month every two months Destro is probably going to be it for 2022 because he he isn't coming out this year. I'll tell you that right now. Probably Destro in 2022, maybe one more right at the end of the year, but probably not. So this is not going to be an expansive line where you're you're really having to budget. This is going to be something where if you're a GI Joe collector, you're going to have one high dollar figure a year maybe two a year but that's all you're gonna have to worry about and they're going to be the best versions of that character you're ever gonna get i like 112 <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can go to the needless things youtube channel and see all kinds of reviews of 112 collective action figures uh speaking of which i ordered okay so do you guys ever go to ebay and just kind of look at goofy gi joe stuff yeah <laughs> christian we know you do yes. Why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about your recent project actually um so i finally finished my uh custom cobra rat figure or not figure but vehicle um so that that actually has inspired me uh, that and a lot of YouTube watching and like you said, going on eBay and looking at what other people have done. And my next project is going to be a custom cover girl. Oh, figure. Yep. In, uh, I am not a fan of the official Hasbro <clears throat> release. I no, for the 25th not. anniversary. I don't have her in my collection. Every time I see her, I'm like, Ugh, uh, why would anyone? Mm -mm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so big difference between customizing a figure and customizing a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've seen some really great cover girls out there. So between uh, eBay and the Marauders Inc. website, um, who also happens to be running, they told me, two or three weeks behind. 
on order. So it's going to be a little bit before I can get this one started. Uh, but yeah, that that's going to be my next project. And for anybody who's curious to see this rat that Christian worked on, go check out Legion Cub on Instagram and you can see the before and after pictures. And the rat before is something that I wouldn't even have picked up out of like a clearance bin. <laughs> like if I had been digging through uh, a, 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 one of those big giant bins of $10 junk that you see at GI Joe conventions, I wouldn't even have looked at this thing. And he's turned it into something that I would buy. Like it looks great. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, once I finish cover girl, I have some other vehicles in mind from the later years that, uh, you know, look like jello molds that I'm like, I, I think with a good paint job, <laughs> we can actually make these into something that would stick out in a collection. So, so I, my, my bad habit now, which by the way, I I've got to put myself on lockdown because my original intent was to rebuild the collection that I had when I was a kid, which is going to take some time and be very expensive. And, but I've got time. Those we, whatever's out there, is out there it exists no more is being made it's not going anywhere um so i'm gonna i'm gonna take my time i'm gonna be patient but i've had to decide like if i didn't have it when i was a kid i'm not getting it because my last purchase was a mint inbox star brigade invader <laughs> i love this okay so if if you don't know the invader is basically a repaint of the pogo ballistic battle thing pod, pod whatever it is uh from 1987 but this came out in 1993 when star brigade was basically the name of the line and gi joe was like a little tiny footnote on the side uh i got one of these for 20 bucks mint wow in, i didn't know mint, you got it that cheap mint in box so i was like i love i love the pogo I understand it's ridiculous, but I love it. So this different color variation really appealed to my weird sensibilities. So I ordered this thing. I opened it up today and you'll be able to, if you're listening to this, uh, when the episode releases, uh, the, the unboxing will be on the needless things, YouTube channel, uh, this week. And I opened it up and what I've decided is because the, the stickers that come with it, are awful i love 90s colors 90s design aesthetic that kind of thing but these stickers are 90s in the worst way possible are they paper they're yeah i think they're they, they're paper stickers they're not yeah. the clear good gi joe stuff so what i did is i ordered a sheet of stickers from toy hacks for the original pogo and I'm going to put those on the invader, and I think it's going to look really sharp. Yeah, nice. Uh, because this this invader is like bright green, bronze, and black. It's actually a cool color scheme. But if I had put the '90s stickers on it, it would look like a piece of trash. <laughs> but putting the original pogo stickers on it with those yellow chevrons on the front and the actual cobra stickers and everything, I think it's going to look really cool. So. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do that. And I'm, I, I wish this is one of those things where I just got really lucky and got this thing for super cheap and it spoiled me because I know I'm not going to find any other things like this for this price to be able to do this with. Yeah, the colors 
are so outlandish, but for some weird reason, it works. Yeah. I, I I like it. Like it looks cool. I love the green for the uh the cockpit closure deals, the bubble, yeah. which I'm a sucker for bubble cockpits anyway. Um, I'm a big fan of Homer Simpson's car design. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 color scheme and and yes, with the, the green bubble, it reminds me of the robotics toys that came out into like the nineties, like way after the cartoon when they started showing up in like the, you know, we're intelligent toy stores. We're intelligent children. Yeah. yeah. Where they did like neon green and black and yeah, it just seems to work together and it looks good. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a cool, if I'm telling you the diff, cause I'm going to take, it has one of the stupid in, in, and look for any nineties, Joe fans, this is coming from an old man who's out of touch with reality. But one of my big issues with Joe toys from the nineties on is the missile launcher feature because mm -hmm. it never looks good. Now, don't get me wrong. This missile launches like a mofo. I pulled the little trigger and it shot across the room and I thought I was going to lose it. It's a great missile launcher, but I don't want it. So I'm going to take the missile launcher off. I'm going to put these toy hacks decals on, and I think this thing is going to look really cool. And I'll, I'll be sharing pictures, of course, on Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. Uh, all right, we've got one more piece of news. This isn't news. This is your homework. It's time for some homework, and I hope you guys are ready for it. So last episode, we talked a little bit about the potential for Super 7 reaction figures uh, based on the Sunbow animation, which I still love that idea. However, what occurred to me is if you look at Super 7's releases, go take a look at Masters of the Universe and what they did with the Vintage line. And Super 7 put out Hero and Eldor in the classic Masters of the Universe style. So I think we were thinking too small with our Sunbow reaction figures. I think Super 7 could do original O-ring style G.I. Joe figures of characters from Sunbow and from the comics that never got made. Because if they can figure out a way to do Eldor and Hero that are very different from anything else Super 7 has done, then I think we could get O-Ring G.I. Joe figures out of Super 7. Certainly before we'll get them from Hasbro. So here's your homework for you guys and for the listeners. And we'll revisit this in our April episode. I want you guys to come up with the first wave of six figures of Super 7 O-Ring G.I. Joe Sunbow slash comic book figures. So for the listeners, um, I want you to follow. Let me do a little scrolling back up because our uh, G.I. Joe Audible on Twitter. So tweet at us 
your lineup of six O-ring Super 7 figures that you want to see. We'll read them out on the next episode. And uh, for Noel and Christian, I want you guys, you you guys have a month to sit down and think <laughs> about what your wave one would be of these figures. So there you go. A little homework to wrap up our uh, opening segment here. Our super long new sex segment. <laughs> our super long. That could be the whole episode, but guess <laughs> right? what, listeners? You are getting a mega bonus episode this month because we have a couple more segments that we absolutely have to get in. <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap up our opening and uh, move on. All right, we're doing something a little different this month. Normally, we're, uh, we will review a piece of media from the G.I. Joe franchise, but this month, all three of us have received our G.I. Joe Retro Collection fangs, and we are going to talk about this brand new, or maybe not, G.I. Joe toy that doesn't appear to be available in walmart stores but you're very very lucky if you actually received your pre-order now you guys got yours like what a week or so before i received mine but that's because deliveries of everything have been absolutely crazy lately yeah, yeah. Uh, well i got mine surprisingly after i was told i was getting out it was being canceled but uh, <laughs> i got it anyway Thank well yeah walmart. okay so noel you ordered two did you order two in the same order or two separate orders? I ordered two separate orders. I ordered one when they first went on sale. And then I ordered, when I saw that they were back in stock, I was like, well, I'll go ahead and put another one in just in case I don't get my original order fulfilled. Like I did with the, uh, uh, with the Ostriker. Right. And then I got an email a few days later saying there was a problem with, with your order quantities. And so we're canceling your order. And I got two of those emails and I presume they were canceling both of them. So I don't know if they just accidentally double sent the email um, when I went back and looked at it because it didn't say what else I ordered in that particular lot to, for, to know for sure. Uh, but sure enough, I got mine a couple days later. Um, I think it was like that Saturday or Sunday. And Christian, you, you just ordered the one and got yours yep. Relatively yeah, time when we pre-ordered them, I remember it said that they would ship on the 16th, and on the 16th, no email, nothing. And then on the 17th, I got the email saying that it had shipped. And I think, yeah, it was a day or so later, and there it was. Yeah, it arrived on a Sunday. I was surprised about that. Yeah, I ordered two in the initial pre-order, and they shipped right around the time you guys got your shipping notifications, but then took like two weeks to get here. So I got both of them. Uh, I opened one and you can find that review on the needless things, YouTube channel. Uh, the other one is current sound effect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We need a ding for that. Um, <laughs> and the other one is currently up on eBay and we're going oh. to talk. We're going to talk about why now uh i let's let's start let's make a sandwich let's start with something happy and good and in the middle we'll put something that's not so great 
and then we'll wrap it up with something that's also happy and good. So <laughs> why don't whoever has the most positive thoughts about this uh, vehicle, why don't you start? I'll, I'll start by saying I like, I like the mold. I think it's a, I think it's a neat little compact helicopter. It's very different from the original Fang, but I, I still think it, it holds up very well. And the fact that it's all one piece, you don't have a little roll bar that's going to get lost like before. Um, you know, I, I like, I like the shape of it. Um, it's got some, it's got some cool little lines. It's got some neat little exposed engine parts. Um, and, uh, I, one other thing that I like is the fact that the missiles that are on the ski on the skids don't fall off the moment you turn it upside down. Like the original thing. Yes. I agree with that. The Yours is better than mine then. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? See the missile. That was my one. The the biggest improvement to me was that those the missiles on the skids actually stay in place. Where I feel like it, on the original one, I always had a problem with that. It took a little oh, work feel, to get them in place, but once I did, they were they were solid. They're not moving. Maybe that's I just need to press down harder or something because I feel like every time I look at it, the missiles are like, oh, hang on. Boop. Well, you don't want to <laughs> press down too hard. Because the rubber that the skids are oh made my. of. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Poof. Okay. So <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's very difficult for me to find anything positive to say about this release. Uh, I was initially trying to have a good outlook on it um because it's a fang we want we want more fangs we want more cobra vehicles we want more cool little weird sci-fi helicopters uh that that are improbable from a physics standpoint we like this kind of stuff right but when i opened it up the more i handled it and looked at it and and i just hated it more with every second that i beheld it um I don't like how truncated it is. I don't like the fact that the seat is level with like, there's no recess. Like the pilot is literally sitting on the fuselage with the little holes that you have to put his legs in just right to get him to sit there. And they had to put a freaking peg in the back of the seat so you could figure out how he's supposed to sit. <laughs> yeah. But the original thing had a peg. But it was a seat that well. was recessed in the vehicle. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is that this still feels like it's being made for three and three quarter figures from the 80s. And it's not. It's being made right. for yeah. a four inch tall figure from well, 2011. Yeah. Here's, I, here's the problem with that is in 2008, they released a Fang, which this blew my mind because the one big positive I'll say about this is I actually really like the design of the pilot figure. Um, I like the articulation. I like the look of the figure. I he really has articulation like... that's not on any other figure that I'm aware yes, of. Yes, this ankles. is like a whole new level of articulation for a three and three quarter inch Joe figure. It it's now granted they made him out of rubber for some reason, so he could bend into that uh, pilot seat. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's the only way you're going to get him to fit in the vehicle. Um. I like his oxygen mask. I think it's really cool. I like the design of when you take the helmet off, 
which granted it's just what, going to fall off. I was going to say, you, you have to take the helmet off. Yeah, right. Mine just, <laughs> mine just falls off when it's sitting flat. Yeah, yeah, you look at it wrong and the helmet falls off. <laughs> but I like the sculpt of the hair with the mask. Like, it's a really cool concept for a figure. Um, it's just the materials it's made of are horrible. It's got a holster with a pistol. Like, it's cool. Like, yeah. I really like this pilot figure a lot. I'll I'll give it props for that. And I guess when you consider the fact that the retro Joe figures are retailing for $12.99 right now, you pay $12.99 for this pilot figure. And then for $12 more, you get this garbage helicopter to go with it. So it's not that bad. Maybe it what what if if it had been one of those backpack helicopters, that wouldn't have been as cool. So maybe this is great. Maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. But in 2008, we got a very well done replica of the original thing with a 25th anniversary style figure that's actually very similar to this pilot. That's what blew my mind is I thought this design for this pilot figure was something relatively new. Uh, and it's not this 2008. Oh gosh, I just went to the wrong page. Um, this 2008 figure, the Cobra pilot, uh, is very similar. It has the red helmet with the black chevron on the front and the mask. Like this is actually an update of that figure and, and to me a superior version. So do, don't get me wrong. This new figure is much better than this 2008 pilot, but this 2008 pilot fit into his 2008 fang much better than what we got uh in 2021 uh i don't i don't like the truncated form i don't see any reason for that to have happened i don't like the fact that the seat is level with the top of the like there're just so many design design decisions and then when I was putting mine together, I sent you guys a message. Noel, why don't you tell us how you feel about the stickers? <laughs> well, the stickers are um, impossible to put on the way the figure uh, the, on the <laughs> blueprint shows you. Because sometimes there's just giant screw holes that are right where that sticker is supposed to be. And sometimes it's an area that doesn't even really exist on the vehicle. But, you know, that that's not completely unusual because the Awestriker had a few kind of impossible sticker spots, too. So, yeah, but the Awestriker was a more faithful recreation of the original. So it didn't feel quite as much like a slap in the face when you couldn't get the stickers where they were supposed to go. And what what really blows my mind about this fang is the the older fangs do not have these giant screw holes that this mm -hmm. new one has. This, I don't want to poo-poo Lennard toys because I think they do some incredible stuff, particularly their current Predator, Predator and Alien lines, I think are in, amazing for the price point. But this Fang feels like a Lennard toys release from like 1991 to me. Christian, share your thoughts. Uh, yeah, pull so... Us, pull us back from the abyss. <laughs> Well, I know when it was first announced, I was I was really shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's an updated thing. Like we're getting a new mold in the retro line. So Hasbro was putting some faith in this. Little did I know, uh, 
because when the 24th anniversary figures came out, I really wasn't getting a lot of the vehicles because I had the older vehicles. Um, so actually, it's only been here recently that, you know, I was on eBay looking up stuff and I saw a 25th anniversary Cobra Fang and Claw vehicle two pack. And the Fang that is in that pack is this Fang. So no, they. Sir. No, sir. Yes. No, it's not. I have it. It's hanging from my ceiling in the Phantom Zone. What? It, it is a recreation of the original Fang. It has I'm the longer so tail portion. Now. No, th this is because I, I have that Fang and Claw two pack. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Right here hanging up. And it is. This is the OG Fang with the it's it, just with the seat. colors. Okay, complete. This this is a new Fang that has been uh, washed in hot water. Yeah, I <laughs> I think that the like you said, the plastic on the skids is way too. It's ridiculous. Way too soft. Would it's, you when you when you like first opened this thing up and you felt those skids? What were, were you just like? What were you kidding me? Yeah, I no, I had like a moment of uh, <laughs> but, but um, I overall I don't dislike it. Okay, I, that's for fine. Me, that's fine for me. It I, it started off on a wrong foot because okay, so you have the little window so you can see your figure. And my pilot, his arm was broken at the elbow. Oh, like, no. like he was in the package as an amputee. And I was like, WTF? Because you can't really you send this back and odds are you're yeah. probably not going yeah, to get it. They're just going to be like your best case scenario at that point is like, here's your store credit. Right. So you know what? It's at the elbow. At least I can glue it and yeah, it'll just yeah. be a, a, a straight on figure. So I was so disappointed with that aspect that the the little nitpicky things I was finding with the thing didn't seem as bad as <laughs> I got a broken figure. Um, it's I, not so bad if you compare it to a straight up. <laughs> but I do the skids do really bother me because there's there's no there's no safety reason there is no logical no. reason why you are using plastic that soft and that's why i feel like my missiles don't stick on the way that <laughs> they should it's um, the 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 vehicle's so light that i don't think it really it doesn't bother me that much because it feels like it's actually even though it you know it, if you put pressure on it, it's going to bend but the vehicle does not put enough weight on it to bend it so as long as you're sitting there on a, on a shelf I don't mind the quality of the plastic on the skids. Right. Well, well I think and, that's where it, it goes for me is if, if I decide, well, let me change my displays up and this fang goes into a tote for a while, those skids are going to come out warped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, when the rest of it is hard plastic, I don't understand why the skids aren't um, well the first thing that bothered me when i took it out of the package aside from the packaging which i could also tell stories about um was that 
it seems like it would have been a lot easier to actually have just a single ball joint for the front cannon. You what like the is original going on did. with that cannon? What? That's what I thought so too. Yeah, I, I don't know why they made that needlessly complicated by putting it on a, a two X axis right. uh, joint rather than just a single ball. Yeah, I started questioning my childhood. I, was like, Wait, <laughs> I had to go not, check my old fang to make sure that it was a real ball. Fang right? Was. Yeah, that was insane. That's completely nuts. I don't understand why that works that way. And for the listeners who maybe haven't had their hands on one of these yet, the the classic ball jointed cannon that's on the front of the fang that can go in any direction. Uh, on this new model, you have to move it a certain way and then pivot it before you can get it. It will still point in any direction, but it's as Noel said on some kind of weird X axis. So it doesn't just rotate freely. Like you have to move it and then pivot it to get it to move. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, I don't understand why they decided to go with that option. Cause I just don't think it saved them money. And then the other, uh, and, and I will say this, I will admit that the skids being this incredibly soft plastic, I've had mine on the shelf for a few days now. It doesn't matter, whatever. It feels like garbage, but whatever visually on the shelf or if i was going to hang it from the ceiling uh like my other fangs it wouldn't matter uh but the rotors are also garbage rather than the traditional fang rotor where it has uh you know you've got the one rotor blade one side is a fine edge and then on the other side there's a fine edge and it kind of rounds out and it's a straight piece like a helicopter blade would be for some reason they felt the need to make this thick mold where underneath it's recessed like some i don't i don't even again as noel said with budgetary reasons for the cannon how did this save them money to mold the rotor this way to where you look at the Whatever the stickers are, it's not not a step, but whatever stickers you're supposed to put stay, on the rotor. Stay clear. Stay clear. You stay could clear, almost yeah. put those stay clear stickers on the side of the rotor. That's how <laughs> thick this thing is. I, I actually uh, wasn't yes, sure if I was supposed to when I was putting the stickers right. on, if they right. went there or not. Yeah. Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, those stickers did not make, uh, I mean, not that I've been up close and personal with any helicopter blades, but I was like, <laughs> this... <laughs> really seems like a given <laughs> unless covert troopers really are that dumb well and also if you're close enough to see these stay clear stickers your head's probably already gone i mean when he's sitting in the sea he's he's barely just clear. below right so barely yeah, don't inches. stretch that's why he's wearing, just from a haircut that's why he's wearing a helmet yes <laughs> There uh, is so, no figure stand was the one thing that struck me immediately too. Uh, the other two. Oh, they do. They came with do. battle stands. Yeah. The other yeah. two in this, in this, in this run have had battle stands, but this one did not have one. I didn't even catch that. Good yep. catch. Noel. Um, so look, I don't want to poo poo anybody who thinks this is a great toy. But for me personally, this gets a solid <laughs> thumbs down. Uh, 
I like the design of the pilot. And that's it. I'm done. I have nothing further to say. It's not a great toy. I still find it to be fun. But I mainly just use it as a background prop in my Cobra Bunker photo so far. So what what more does it need to do? Christian, here's what I want. I want you to repaint this thing in like a light Cobra Trooper blue and bright silver rotor and skids. Okay. I make actually it, just make it a different vehicle entirely. And you okay. know what? I'll be honest, if they had not called it the Fang, if they had just made it some other vehicle, given it a different paint job, called it the like crimson stab and made it red with silver parts or something like that i would think with as so much, much as you dislike it they should call it the cobra toothless <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if it was something else entirely i don't think i'd be as mad at it as i am but it is it, it's not a suitable thing oh here's another thing that made me mad it doesn't even have the cobra air force stickers it's just regular cobra stickers does the original thing have it, it has the cobra air force stickers are you sure i am not a thousand percent thing... positive but i feel like it nope. does no nope. the original thing does not have the cobra air well force. I never think that, mind I think the rattler I'll... was the one that i'll edit that part out no oh. no i won't because i'm not afraid to sound like a dumb dumb <laughs> Uh, but okay. So here, here, I will put this out there though, from here on out, anything that Hasbro releases that is a Cobra air vehicle should have the Cobra air force insignia on it. That's the yeah. attention to detail that I want. <laughs> the All snake right. Waffa. So, so, uh, I think, I think we have thoroughly dissected the new GI Joe retro collection. Cobra. Wait, family. real quick. Yes. Uh, so retro collection Fang or Rob Liefeld Snake Eyes Comics number one. <laughs> oh, Fang. Because it's Fang all the way. <laughs> and, and here's here's the thing. I paid what was it four or five dollars or whatever it was for that Liefeld, uh -huh. Liefeld comic. I paid twenty-five for the Fang. Fang, better value. So there we go. Ending on a positive note. <laughs> there you there go. You go. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next segment. Welcome to Instruments of Destruction, where we discuss a vehicle of some sort from uh, anywhere during the uh, the G.I. Joe run. And uh, I, Noel, a.k.a. Crapshoot, got to pick this month's vehicle. And uh, considering that we're at the tail end of winter here, and considering that there are parts of the country that got more snow than they've gotten in a long, long time, decades perhaps, I decided we need to stick with a winter vehicle. And so I chose one of my favorites from 1985. This was the Snowcat. Awesome. And, uh, 
Yes. So the Snowcat uh, was kind of a, a replacement for the 1983 Polar Battle Bear and quite an upgrade um, because it's about four times the size of it. And it did come with an action figure, Frostbite. Uh, it was also the first half track in the Joe's arsenal. And as a kid, I loved half tracks. So it was cool to get one of those. Um, it's got some great detail. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of it is the fact that it's got a uh, a windshield with a, a molded uh, like molded frosting on it and a windshield wiper that goes along so you can you can see where the the wiper has has cleaned it out for the driver to see um, it's got uh, some some really like more than you would expect detail inside the canopy um, the instrument panels um, the, the the texture on the seats the texture uh, underneath the underneath the, the canopy glass uh, lots of great detail there, uh, detail on the back of it with the engine cover, um, and then uh, a lot of weapons, some of which make sense, some of which make no sense. How uh, and- dare you impugn the name <laughs> of rockets on skis, right? On skis. Come on. How dare you, sir? <laughs> well, and the thing was, they, they make some sense based on the uh, initial purpose of this vehicle. But as they later <laughs> released this vehicle in other forms, they made less and less sense, which we can talk about here shortly. Um, I will say... If I'm gonna have if, if I have drawbacks about it, it doesn't have any kind of like anti-personnel weapon on it. Uh, the Polar Battle Bear had a machine gun in the front, and this one I think would have benefited by having something like that, because uh, otherwise it's just got missiles, and it's it's a it's not the kind of vehicle you would expect to be like a, a heavy-duty missile launching tank, because um, it's, it's kind of a truck with with tank treads in the back. Um, but uh, oh, and also. Eight foot pegs, eight foot yes. pegs. Yes, so you can I mean, it's a troop carrier. There are mm-hmm. there are more, there are more foot pegs than there are uh, GI Joe characters that are equipped to handle the Arctic. Well, now hang so. on just a minute, buddy, because <laughs> as we all know, Quick Kick yeah. can yes. handle the Arctic with no shoes or socks, no shirt or jacket. Th- this is true. He's good to go. <laughs> uh, are we in agreement that the uh, the side pieces? actually should be called skipedos skipedos i know i I like torsquitos torsquitos okay we'll take that (laughs) torsquitos sounds like uh taquitos and i'm yeah it sounds like a snack i should be having with salsa and beer yes i'm i'm a little peckish right now i love this vehicle it's one of my favorites um you're right the windshield wiper is beautiful the engine cover in the back is beautiful. The only thing that makes me mad about this is on the back, you have, um, I'm, I'm zooming through my yojo.com references while we still have them available right now. Uh, so we have the pe- foot pegs on the back. Obviously, you can have troops on the back of this thing. And what looks like a handlebar at the top of the engine cover but if certain figures are a little too brittle, you're going to break their thumbs off when you try and put them on that what looks like a handlebar. Yeah, that's that's the case with a lot of things that figure hands go into. So I don't bother putting things in figures' hands unless no. I can really help it. No, especially not in this day and age. But even back in 1985 when this came out, you, you didn't want to force 
too hard even before this plastic was all brittle like we know it is now uh i love the steering wheel i love just everything about this vehicle is absolutely fantastic i i love it it's a great great choice an essential piece of joe vehicle uh history that was featured in the cartoon and in the comics oh yeah lots of media appearances yeah. i mean they they did a lot of arctic battles um gi joe the movie starts off with a giant arctic battle so uh you know that you got to you get to see some snow cats there um so i always liked how well it was represented um and uh and and a few and a few interesting repates over the years it was one that got uh, put into the tiger force line as the tiger cat and as a costumer uh one of my uh, only wore one-time costumes was as the uh the tiger force version of frostbite that i got to nice. wear down to the joe convention down in orlando a few years ago um they also did and what i really think is a striking repaint of it when they did the havoc mark ii uh for the collectors club in 2014 yeah yeah um because this vehicle makes way more sense than the actual havoc does whoa um, hold on buddy. <laughs> but this is it but you're it was not havoc wrong colors. but hold on <laughs> um and then of course it also got a street fighter the movie repaint so Which, that by one the way was interesting for any listeners who may have a street fighter devastator sitting in their collections and maybe want to get rid of that thing uh, hit your boy Phantom Troublemaker up because <laughs> I needs me a purple snowcat <laughs> real bad. I am partial to the Cobra Basilic version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for the same reason that I, I like the Cobra repaint of the shark that Cobra knew how awesome this vehicle was. So when they had an opportunity to take one off the battlefield, they did it paint it blue yep with uh with the with the red um the 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 red canopy as well but that's just the blood of the joes ah yes because <laughs> <laughs> you need a windshield wiper to wash Once all the, the windshield blood wiper, away yeah it, it's going you see that it's actually clear well the basilisk is nice because the the tread the the fake treads in the back you actually have like silver wheels with the black tread so you get a little bit more contrast there so it's well, definitely a good look for it i'm looking at the retoolings and they're pretty wild here the one that i've got on my shelf is the snowcat from 2003 the toys r us exclusive um that is relatively faithful to the original design uh, uh has... isn't it a repaint or isn't it a repaint of the devastator because that's when that, that one has that extra thing on top of it right well it's i'm looking at it and it's it's a pretty faithful snowcat but it has a missile launcher attached to the top of the snowcat's missile launcher but it also has this sound thing which i actually think i threw in the trash Mm. um because that was the thing at the time it's got a giant rocket that goes or not rocket blaster that goes on the side yeah that's not on mine on the shelf right now uh but it has a snow camo design like it looks really good but no this is this is the snow cat um just with a different paint job and an additional spring-loaded rocket launcher that may well be the same spring-loaded rocket launcher that's on the invader i just got <laughs> um, but going back 
I did not buy, and I'm kicking myself for it now because it looks fantastic. In 2010, they did a version called the Wolfhound mm-hmm. that looks great. Uh, that I do not have, and this yeah. is it's got a really nice, uh, sort of weathered paint job on it. Like you were saying with the basilisk, uh, the wheels and the back treads are actually white, so they're not the same black as the mold of the treads. Uh, it has the Torsquitos. <laughs> it does not have the additional spring-loaded rocket launcher on top. Like this is really, really nice. It's, I might have to track one of these down. Is the the regular missile launcher? Do those shoot out, or are those missiles locked in? Because it's. It's, it's not the same it's different mold from the original yeah. it's it's a more they're actually in the missile launcher like in uh i'm hitting the buttons the wrong way here uh in the original snowcat the bottom is completely open on the the rocket launcher but on this one they're actually holes that the missiles go into that suggest it might be a spring-loaded. It looks like there might be two buttons on the okay. top. Well, but actually, I'm not for sure. Looking at the top, it almost looks like there's a switch that you might slide across and launch the missiles one at a time. If you look at the top view. Oh, I yeah, hmm. I see that now. You see what I'm talking about at the back? Uh-huh. And there were a few items like that at the time that worked that way from Star Wars and from G.I. Joe, where you would either rotate a mechanism or push a mechanism that would launch rockets like that one at a time in that way. So I wonder if that's how that one worked. I got to track one of these down. I wonder what they're going for on eBay. Now, what's weird about the Wolfhound is that I, I don't think they lost the Snowcat uh, trademark at that point, so I don't know why they went with that name, because it's very clearly a Snowcat on the logo on the side of it and not a hound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because they used the name Snowcat for a Transformer not too long before this. Huh. Well, whatever the case is, I'm going to be checking out eBay to see if I can get my hands on one of these because this is definitely, I mean, I still want an original Snowcat because I am trying to rebuild that collection I had when I was a kid, but this is a great looking vehicle and I I don't know why I didn't buy it. It was Pursuit of Cobra. I was buying stuff in 2010. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. I just felt like this this other one I had was was good enough at the time. And this was the the Transformer I just mentioned too. the first time to my knowledge that they ever took and directly designed a transformer after a GI Joe vehicle. Oh, you know what? I had that transformer at one point. Matter of fact, I probably still do. It's probably still, uh, in one of my bins somewhere, but, uh, yeah, I bought that because it was the snowcat. Yeah, it was named Snowcat. It's clearly, yeah. I mean, yes, there's a lot of yeah, differences. Yeah. The tread look treads look different. It doesn't have the same missile stuff on the but, back. And, but it's clearly yeah, this clearly. The yeah. front end of it is definitely a inspired by the GI Joe Snowcat. So yeah, yeah, uh, one of one of very few crossovers they've done like that. Well, awesome, great choice, uh, awesome vehicle yeah. that can be. It totally makes sense for its original purpose as an Arctic vehicle, but. It can definitely be repurposed uh, for desert. for other types of terrain. Yeah, desert, jungle. I mean, you've got versions for all three of those, so it works for any of them. Yeah, the yeah, half track. land and sea and falling through air. 
<laughs> awesome. Good choice, Noel. Welcome to America's Elite, where we take one G.I. Joe character and talk about the different iterations that have been released in action figure form. And this month, for reasons that we're going to leave it up to the listeners to figure out, we are taking a look at Gabriel Barbecue Kelly. And uh, something new I want to start doing here is just reading out the file card. If Kelly hadn't joined the G.I. Joe team, he would have been the seventh Kelly in his direct line in the Boston Fire Department. His love for the job is not based on family loyalty or even a more general sense of duty. He simply likes riding on the back of the truck with the wind in his face and sirens wailing, lights flashing and bells clanging. Being allowed to knock down doors and smash windows with his axe is just frosting on the cake. Barbecue is what you call your basic party animal. He can open bottles with his teeth, pick up quarters with his ears, and wrap his lips completely around the bottom of a quart Coke bottle. <laughs> you may well ask how all this affects his function as a G.I. Joe firefighter. It doesn't. It simply makes him more uh, interesting fellow to have around. And okay. popular. Who Which... picks up quarters <laughs> with their ears? What? So... This in '85, you had barbecue come out, and you had airtight come out, and they both had the these weird things in their file cards. Was like airtight collected plastic dinosaurs, and you know was a practical joker, and barbecue could open bottles with his teeth and pick up quarters with his ears. And I still remember these details about these characters because Larry Hama could just take the most mundane. It's like, oh, he's a firefighter. What are we going to do with him? <laughs> he can wrap his lips around the bottom <laughs> of a quart Coke bottle. <laughs> Well, that, but that was the magic that was yes. that's why we're still talking that's what about I this it. stuff 40 years later is because of those little connections that larry hama made they weren't just these you know this red guy that we're going to talk about they were characters he gave mm. them life he infused them with these qualities that made us as kids attached to these characters uh, and if you're wondering, the reason that we chose barbecue for the proximity to St. Patrick's Day and not Blowtorch, who actually had the outrageous Irish accent on the cartoon, is that Blowtorch is from Tampa, Florida. <laughs> and <laughs> yet has was Hanrahan. that Irish <laughs> accent. So it's a little confusing. Barbecue to me, being from Boston, being the firefighter, is the more stereotypically traditional Irish character. So that's who I went with for this month. Uh, and we're going to talk about the different versions of Blowtorch. Obviously, there is the original uh, 1985 Blowtorch that I loved because he was part of this new, you know, 84, we got more colorful characters. Things really started to change up in the Joe line, but barbecue came out and he added a different, more interesting color palette and these accessories that really upped the ante. First of all, everybody knows how much I love toys with hoses <laughs> and barbecue had a hose. Uh, he had the hose that plugged from his backpack into the little pistol, the fire suppressor pistol. He had the axe with the freaking spiked knuckles on it, which is ridiculous, but awesome. 
And then his backpack actually had the tanks of uh, fire suppression material that clipped into the little support rack that plugged into his back. So like it felt like he came with a lot of stuff and he's a cool looking figure. And I think if I'm not mistaken, his ax was the first painted accessory um, in, on any G.I. Joe figure. Yeah, that sounds right because it has the silver highlight uh, on the, the axe head. Everything else is pretty much monochromatic, just molded plastic at that point. But just a, a great looking eye catching figure. And, you know, when, when you look at all of the Joes that were available at the time, because we have 82, 83, 84, and now the new wave of 85 figures, and you think to yourself, firefighter, uh, you know, to be honest, not the most exciting uh, specialty classification to have, but he looked so cool that you had to have him in your collection. Yep. Yeah. I love his look. Yeah. He was, he was one of the ones that I was most excited about when these figures first were shown for 85. I was like, I got, I just, I loved his color scheme. I just loved the fact that he was a firefighter. I loved fire trucks when I was a kid. So fire trucks to one. this day are still the number one selling toy. Yeah. Uh, and then around the same time, we get the India version where uh, the gray parts are blue. He has a tan or yellow mask rather than the silver that we saw in the American version. And then his backpack had a yellow frame rather than a gray frame. But otherwise, same figure. Uh, and then Brazil and Japan releases were the exact same as the U.S. figure. So generally pretty much the same figure. The India figure, as is often the case, was a little more colorful and interesting to look at, but you know, the U S figure was, was the, the blueprint was the, the standard, uh, 1989. Oh, uh, sorry. I had to vomit. No, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Because you're not wrong. We get the slaughters marauders version of barbecue. And, this is interesting to me because I love team colors. I am such a mark for in wrestling when tag teams match or when factions have matching gear or within GI Joe, when you've got, you know, subsets that match like tiger force or Python patrol. I love that stuff. I eat it up. I, I love, I love matching uniforms, but my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> the Slaughter's Marauders barbecue is heinous. And the thing is, he's got the the base colors for Slaughter's Marauders are great until you get to that blue, which clashes with every other color on the figure. Well, and This is just looking... another reason for me to hate Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, no. <laughs> because he saw this <laughs> foreshadowing. Said, yes, this we is will... approved. Here's your helmet for my team. We've been building up for two months now <laughs> to the clash over Sergeant Slaughter, and we will get to it next month. This, I mean, could he possibly be the worst-looking G.I. Joe figure? No, no. but he's bad. Uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely he's bad. bad. He's up there. And what's funny, though, is the blue on the other Marauders is not as much of an eyesore as it is on barbecue. 
Uh, it's a don't get me wrong. It's a horrible color scheme, but it's not as offensive on the rest of them as it is with his big blue helmet here and the blue highlights on his like thigh pad. Like it, it's just oof. And the oof. irony is that the Slaughter's Marauders vehicles are the best looking vehicles they ever released for as far as color <laughs> schemes go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look great. They're very striking. They look great. They're memorable. Um, but man, this barbecue is rotten. 1989 Slaughter's Marauders barbecue, really bad. <laughs> uh, and then we move on to version three in 1992. Eco Warriors. With Eco Warriors barbecue, which makes sense because you would have a firefighter in your, your regiment of environment protecting Joes. It makes sense, but I'm going to hijack this again by mentioning him because Eco Warriors did not have an airtight figure. Oh, that's insane. And barbecue should have never gotten into Eco Warriors before airtight did. And definitely before Flint did. Yes, I will agree with all of that. Barbecue makes sense in the Eco Warriors, but not if you're leaving out airtight. That's insane. Airtight? Why did I say that like that? Airtight. I don't know. Does does this barbecue figure give you guys Fisher Price Adventure People vibes? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Helmet. He I, I'm pretty much I pretty much think that all of the uh, all of the Eco Warriors, Warriors figures have that. So maybe since I like Airtight so much, I'm happy that he didn't wind up in the <laughs> Eco Warriors. He looks like one already. I don't think. I mean, I don't think this one is bad. I'm not crazy no. about this little He's gizmo. It looks a little underdone, but like. He looks thrilled to be there. He's happy to be an eco warrior. If you look at the expression on his face. Right. Um, and he looks like, okay. In the 1950s, this is what they would have thought a 1992 firefighter would look like. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird design. And his accessory squirts water. So, I mean, what more do you need from a firefighter? <laughs> it's also the only time you get to see his face on a figure. Mm -hmm. Which is, it stinks, because in the cartoon and the comics, we saw his face. Like, he was, Barbecue was a pretty significant character for certain story arcs. Um, and and perhaps when we revisit our Super 7 O-Ring retro wish list, uh, we, we might talk about this more. But yeah, it does kind of stink that there's never been an unmasked Barbecue. Um, so that one's not terrible. It's okay. Mm -mm. And then crazy 16 years before we get another barbecue. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary version came out in 2008. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's, it holds up to the traditional figure. It is updated. Well, it looks good. Uh, I know a removable helmet would have been a tough call because the problem when you're at this scale is if you give the head, if you have an unmasked head with enough detail on it to look good, then the helmet that goes on top of that head, when it's a full face, like covers everything, is going to be kind of large. So yeah. That's up the proportion. Mm -hmm. But it would have been nice to have the Gabriel Kelly face here. But otherwise, I think this figure looks great. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a faithful reproduction of the uh, 85 version. And it doesn't have any kind of weird proportions or like a long torso or bizarre joints or anything like that. It just looks good. It's a solid figure. Yeah. 
Uh, and then the very next year for Rise of Cobra, we get a repaint that is weird, but I don't hate it. I like the color scheme. It's different. It's a it's it's a good use of the mold, and it's not it's not a bunch of colors that clash like the Slaughter's Marauders version. So uh, yeah, I can yeah. I can I can deal with this. Yeah, I see this one as a totally different character than than barbecue like to to me this is a another sci-fi-esque um you know laser soldier with the the joe's ranks there's just something about the way that the 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 colors and the way that they painted the armor on the legs that it, it it doesn't it's not that it just doesn't scream firefighter it just screams whole new uh, repurposed figure. Well, yeah, he's and repurposed like into it. a killing machine because he has like eight weapons. That right. Come at him. <laughs> well, that was the theme, though. And two th- <laughs> two thousand nine came around, and it was time to load out all of these figures with like fifty different accessories each. <laughs> he's got a missile launcher, he's got a submachine gun, and a shotgun in addition uh, yeah. to all of his firefighter gear. And still that axe. Yeah, still that axe. Uh, but I, I think the the dark gray and the yellow look really cool together. And what was weird to me is that he kind of matches the Agent Helix figure that was a Toys R Us exclusive. This yep. yellow, dark mm-hmm. gray, like they, I don't know, they they're the only two they stand out with this color scheme uh, to me. But 2009 was an insane year for gi joe because as we all know when you have a media property tied into your toy line that's full steam ahead and and hasbro really blew it out in 2009 which we could do a whole series of episodes probably about all the stuff that came out that year yeah i'm just looking at the list of figures that came out that year oh, it's, it's madness that's probably the biggest year ever i, I think so yeah figures wow i, I believe so uh, but the, I, I like this barbecue. I've got him on the shelf with the movie figures. Uh, I think it looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice modern update. Uh, and then finally, we get one more weird barbecue for the <sighs> stack. In 2011, <laughs> part of a Slaughter's Marauders multi-pack where they kind of just ignored the team colors. Well, they're, they're still kind of there. It's just... Well, they're they there with like some of them. Camo, and they gave them a blue helmet still yeah, yeah. i don't I, to me a but it's better than the one than the original yes yes one like the the blue is a little bit well it is a darker blue um it i don't know there's something about the way that they painted the mask on him this time it reminds me of commando you know the blue commando version of snake eyes yeah um yeah the, the camo works so much better than that brown, yellow, and blue. Yeah, the camo is great until you realize he's wearing a bright blue helmet that gives <laughs> well, away his position. That's what I don't... <laughs> Again, but that's why Sergeant Slaughter is a jerk. He's cannon fodder. <laughs> so we're going to make the most visible part of you your head. <laughs> right. Well, that and that's what my note here is literally better than the 1989 figure, but not very barbecue-y. Right. <laughs> uh, because your firefighter should be, to me, he should be bright colors. He should be a beacon. He should be something that people see because he's not a combat specialist. He's a rescue guy. 
Um, so this camouflage doesn't make sense, but it looks better than the 89 one. Yes. So now, yeah. you know what we've got to do? We've got to pick our favorite version of barbecue. Uh, I will go first. Since I don't foresee a lot pick. of fights. Huh? <laughs> I don't foresee a lot of fights on this one. No, I don't either. Um, I, I am actually... I love the original, but I'm going to go with the 2008 25th anniversary barbecue as the best barbecue figure. Uh, it retains the aesthetics of the original, but is a modern action figure. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I like the how they kind of redesigned the helmet to be a bit sleeker but still like you look at it and you know it's barbecue like it still retains all the important details of version one um but it 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 just it's more streamlined better yeah 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 and and i'm and i'm gonna be boring and stick with the v1 <laughs> you know i don't think you can get better than than the og barbecue uh yeah i mean just I, I like the update. I think that, you know, he's a, he's a very faithful update, the 08 version, but there's something about um, there's, there's more of the gray accessories on the wrist and on the, the thighs. And um, I don't know. I, I just, I like the, the original one better. This, the smaller tank on the front is a little bit sleeker. And there you go. That is America's elite for March, 2021. Welcome to Knowing is Half the Babble, the segment where we each get a little bit of time to ramble about anything that we want. This month, Noel, why don't you start us off? So we've gotten in the habit lately. Uh, my mother-in-law lives right around the corner, and Sundays are uh, a day to, to have a dinner with my, my wife and my mother-in-law, and um, we usually do pasta, and uh, I, I decide I want to do a bolognese. And since my, my mother-in-law uh, keeps kosher, um, I had to go get some kosher ground beef. And if you live anywhere around Atlanta, you probably know there's really only one place to go get good kosher ground beef unless you want to go pay a, a fortune. And that's the uh, Kroger at Toco Hills. So went out there yesterday morning just to make a run. And on the way back, I was like, you know where I haven't been in a long time? I have not been in the book nook. Uh, the Book Nook is a fantastic bookstore. It's enormous. It's just right around the, the Toco Hills area of, of Atlanta. Um, they they have a comic section and they do a lot of like used CDs and stuff, but they also got toys. They've actually got a lot of vintage toys and stuff. And most of the time when I go, it's it's overpriced. There's not a lot of stuff and I'll, I'll take a look and hey, that's something great. Let's go see if I can find it for 20 bucks cheaper on eBay, which is usually the case. But uh, I happened to catch um, the, um, uh, just on a shelf, they had a, a Hallmark, actually it wasn't even a Hallmark ornament, it was a, a, an American Greetings ornament, and it was one I didn't realize they ever made. It was the 1966 G.I. Joe Mercury space capsule uh, recreated into a little Christmas tree ornament, and I love oh, wow. getting little pop culture Christmas tree ornaments, and 
they had it for like 11.99 and i was like well i'll go ahead and grab that it's a it's a good size thing so i walk up to the counter with it and they all look and they kind of laugh and they joke and they were like we didn't think we were ever going to get rid of that thing <laughs> i said well that's because i didn't get in here sooner apparently but apparently they have been holding on to i was like i should have just negotiated this thing down to like half price considering how surprised they were and so he tried to he was trying to sell me on the other stuff they had just gotten a bunch of other uh if if you're looking for like mid-2000s gi joe they got a bunch of it recently but they're they're selling little 5.99 figures uh and tiny vehicle sets for like 30 bucks so yeah prepare to spend a little bit of money but uh yeah check it out that's uh it's it's a good spot if you're around the atlanta area i gotta tell you though i have been shocked at the prices uh of late 90s early 2000s gi joe that i've seen on ebay lately well all gi joe has skyrocketed but but it's because there are no conventions there's nowhere to go like to buy gi joe stuff in person right now so obviously prices on ebay are as high as they've been in years because that's where people are having to go yeah um but i've been really surprised at the prices on the the late 90s early 2000s stuff because there are a few holes that i've been surprised just like we talked about with that snowcat earlier that i i don't understand why i didn't buy it there are a few things i found that I was actively collecting and I'm like, why didn't I get this? Yeah. That, that's what oh, I was looking at the, at the, all of the figures that came out in 2005. And there were a lot of those O-ring figures that were the original molds and yeah. just different colors. And the, especially the, like the, the battle packs with all of the different troopers and vipers. It's like, I could have an arsenal of those yeah. things. Cause I remember seeing them at Toys R Us and for they nothing. Were so cheap. It was like 10 bucks for five figures. Yeah. And I could I could have armies right now. Yeah, it's it's mind boggling. Uh, Christian, what what do you want to share with us this month? So, uh, news just dropped here recently, and there really isn't a whole lot of detail for us to go into it in our new segment. Uh, but it does look like that Hasbro held on to some things for the release of the Snake Eyes movie. Uh, there were some skews out there with names like Mercury, Mars, uh, and it seems like we have confirmation that we're getting a Baroness figure in the three and three quarter. We're getting a Scarlet. Uh, we're getting a vehicle, which I'm wondering, you know, is this what would have been paired up with the Fang? Right. Since we got two vehicles in the first wave and then only the Fang. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll have some more news for you guys on that front, but it doesn't look like the retro line is is dead, uh, at least in terms of we're still going to be getting some three and three quarter product. Good, good, because that's still that's still my mainstay for sure. More uh, vehicles, right. please. Yes. I uh, yeah, absolutely, because it's a great way. Well, if if they're going to you know do things like the all striker and the hiss, yes. More fangs? Not so much. Uh, All right. Well, I will wrap it up with something that I mentioned earlier in the show, but I want to reiterate it now. I've had to put a rule on myself that I am only buying things that I had when I was a kid because I've gotten so far afield of that in, because what I like to do is go on eBay, put in GI Joe and set it for ending soonest. 
and location North America and just scroll through and see what's on there. Cause you can find crazy cheap stuff like this stupid invader. I got, you know, you just happen across things that are ending in like, you know, eight minutes and you sit there and watch it and you're like, well, heck I, why not? I'll throw in a bid. Uh, I, I am doubling down on my rule though, that I am right now only rebuying stuff that I had when I was a kid, because I have purchased the lifeline that I mentioned, the mail away lifeline that I did not have when I was a kid. Uh, I have bought a firefly. Uh, one of the repaints that came out in 2005, that is the, uh, red camo version i believe he came in the crimson attack boxed set that is doubly annoying because there were two different versions one came with tomax one came with zamot but otherwise they were all the same figures uh and i've wanted the firefly from that set for a while and i got him and didn't have him when i was a kid so it broke my rule and this invader that I, I just keep seeing things and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Or I'll see some 90s stuff that I wasn't collecting at the time, but it's weird. It's bright colors. I like it. And I've got to stop. I've got to put a stop to it because I'm still missing. You guys, I didn't realize I don't have a snow job. I don't know how I overlooked that because I've got a list that I'm working off of, of parts that I need and figures that I need. And somehow I missed the fact that I have no snow job. So now I'm wondering, well, what else did I overlook somehow or other? It's a mess over here. You guys, I'm just telling you, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Snow job is one of those figures. I love him a lot. I'm after aquatic figures, snow figures always seem to be my go-to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's one of those that he, there's a snow job in like every single gi joe lot always be it 25th anniversary g1 i i put him up there with those those same actors that you always see at convention year you know (laughs) convention after convention after convention where you're like oh i don't need to go to their table because i'm going to see them like five more times this year until suddenly you don't um the mark singer of the gi joe universe. right I, right i heard he likes to drink so it doesn't quite a surprise bit. me that you don't have him because you <laughs> probably see him so often you think oh yeah he's in my collection well what's bizarre like, is oh, i've got no. i've got frostbite but no snow job but i do and i've got you know obviously i've got i'm talking about vintage snow job because mm-hmm. i've got the 25th anniversary i've got the weird one that came in the in like 2002 where he's got like the gray oh the 50th anniversary well no no no. this is this was an o-ring style snow job that he is he's got the brown beard for some reason is it actually the frostbite that came with because he's it's a snow job I've repaint got, called Frostbite that came with one of the snow cats. Well, and that's well, actually I've with got, the snow cat I've got that you that have. one too, and he's got the green jacket with the white pants that okay. makes no sense. <laughs> but then I've also got just like a dirty snow job, which nobody likes a dirty snow job. <laughs> that's that, that. <laughs> we got to keep this PG. That that was I think he was one of the two or three packs that came out in the late nineties. But yeah, I don't have a vintage snow job and I, I got to get that, but that's, I'm, I had to, I've got to stick to my rule. You guys, I've got to, I've got to be serious about this. Only stuff I had when I was a kid. And that I believe is all we've got time for this month 
on Audible Interlude. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast, on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. And of course, uh, you can find Christian online. Yes, on Instagram and Flickr.com. You can see all my toy photography under the name Legion Cub. And no. You can find me on dorkdroppings.com occasionally. And uh, you can also find me uh, participating in events with the finest. Uh, real quick, because I know that you all were champing at the bit to get at this uh, episode as soon as possible. So I know you're listening to this on Friday morning. And that means that you still have time because on Friday, March 5th, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, our Ohio Garrison, which is uh, facebook.com slash Corvus Squadron, uh, is doing a huge charity auction. Uh, they're, they've got a bunch of awesome stuff that uh, they're going to be giving away in this auction, including a mini comic of the first issue of the G.I. Joe comic uh, signed by Larry Hama, Herb Trimpey, Bob McLeod, and Mike Zeck. Um, so oh. that and lots of other things you can bid on, um, and it all goes for a fantastic cause. So if you get a chance to do that, uh, that is uh, facebook.com slash Corvus Squadron to check out where that charity auction's happening. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sitting down and talking G.I. Joe. And until next month, yo, Joe. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.